The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Before I got here, I was like, I don't want a meal. I want to be hungry like a, like a stray dog. There he is, Jiu-Jitsu, Joseph Benavidez. Yeah! has done it. He's the undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion. This is nothing new for me, you know. I'm, I've got 57 years old, a lot of fights, so it's just fun, you know. UFC light heavyweight champion, Jan Blachowicz. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I, Matt's taking a swig of his beverage. You know, I'm making sure there's no chocolate stuck in my fat teeth. Yes. Uh, we have a good show today. Gary Owen, comedian Gary Owen, who's a big UFC fan. Um, he was on BET for many years. A lot of, uh, a lot of people know Gary. Uh, he'll join us. We also have light heavyweight champion Jan Blahovich will be on defending against Israel Adesanya um, as, uh, as he moves up. And, of course, we have Joseph Benavitez also fighting on March the 6th. That is this coming Saturday night. Hey, Amen. March 1st already. Wow. Shit, dude. Crazy. What is it? Three title fights? Three title fights. It's Blahovich, wow. Adesanya. Uh, the co-main is um, Megan Anderson against Amanda Nunes. And, of course, Aljamain Sterling against Peter uh, Piotr Jan wow. for the bantamweight title is the, is the third before that. Yeah. Uh, all really good fights. I mean, uh, I think that uh, Sterling can definitely beat... Jan, Jan could definitely be like, I, I think Amanda and Megan have the biggest difference um, or, 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 or Megan. I, I make uh, Amanda's favorite over Megan. I think the highest. That's my guess. The thing is standing up, you know, Megan's definitely a problem. I don't know how her ground game is, but, you know, I feel that Amanda's going to have levels above her on the floor. Yeah. Agreed. If they made it a straight up kickboxing match. You know, that's different, you know, if it's yeah. a striking match because, because you know, Megan's, you know, a bit of a powerhouse. You know what I mean? She's she's big. She's strong. She's got a really good striking. Yeah. But uh, I think the difference is good. I mean, and but I think Amanda might be able to just beat her up up there, too. And I'm not a tie. I like Megan. Sure, me too. But uh, I think Amanda is just on such a high level, man. Ooh. I wouldn't know who to take <laughs> if Amanda was fighting in Ganu. 
I'd have to think about it. That's how good Amanda Nunes is. That's looked. the thing. And you see what she did to Cyborg? Crazy. And yeah. Every Holly Holm and everybody else. It's like, yo, yeah. Come on, man. This girl's the truth. Yeah, she's a you killer. Know? And she's and she went up and wait and won against a real striker. I mean, you know, cyborg, you know, punch a hole through a wall. And uh Amanda made very fast work of her. So again, one of the most exciting wins I've ever seen was that cyborg knockout. Hey man, she's always exciting, though. Great. She's always exciting. I can't wait to watch her. Uh, I'm looking forward to all the fights, man. You know? I am too. I am too, buddy. Um, you don't have to on us right now. That's for that. We do that on Wednesday. Yes, we can. We can. I don't have it. Let's talk basically uh, about the uh, basically uh, <laughs> before our first guest. Let's talk about the uh, oh. Don Rosen strike again. Oh. Barn burner. No, no, not exactly. Well, it was a barn burner, but it was just you kept striking the match and just holding it against the barn, and it would like it would mark the barn. Man, dude, I don't think Dana liked that thing either. He couldn't have. It was not a good fight. It was a, a terrible fight, actually, as far as. But I, I give, and I and I really like Jorginho Rosen strike. Gone. I almost gave a little bit of a pass to in the sense that he's newer in the UFC, and I think it was his first main event, his first five round fight. So maybe he's like working with his gas tank a little bit and making sure that he can go from three to five rounds. Um, but that was a really not a good fight at all. Uh, I understood they were both being careful. Yeah, I mean, listen. They both fight. I'm going to still watch. I really. I oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I want to get out of Negativeville and I want to talk about a great fight. Okay. Your sensei, Jimmy. Oh, Rivera my God. Pedro Munoz was that was a great fight. Oh, Fantastic. man. Hey, props on both guys. Uh, yeah. props on both guys. Great fight. Jimmy was getting those calves kicks and uh, you know how much it was hurting him. But man, yeah. is he a beast? He's just a beast to take that and keep coming, still being dangerous. And afterwards, there was the great show of respect. They're both yeah. great guys. I know personally, I cornered Aljo versus both of those guys. Really? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, and I, so I studied them a lot and seen them up top close. But, uh, hey, man, th- I, I, those guys are two of my favorites to watch. I love watching those guys. So, I mean, yeah. and that's their second fight. Now they're one and one, so who knows if they'll go again in the future? You know, I, I would love to see them do a third one. And I got, and the thing was that, that Rivera is so tough because those calf kicks, like when you get dropped by a calf, a calf kick, like you know that it's bad. When a fighter goes down from a leg kick, you know it's a really severe leg kick. And he still just kept jumping up, trying to switch stances. Um, and there was one point where he was shaking his leg or whatever. And they're like, again, when you can't hide it, like you know it really Ooh. hurts. No, it sucks. Um, Kept coming forward, though. He just kept coming forward. And uh, a great fucking fight. Great, great fight. Great fight. It got fight at night and, and deservingly so. Bruce Leroy. Oh, by the way, we should do a movie minute soon. Because oh, speaking sure. of Bruce Leroy, you know what me and my – and he did great, by the way, Bruce Leroy. And uh, I like Kevin Kroom, uh and James Krause is, is working with him. And, yep. and you know, it, it, it didn't work out. Like, he – I don't know if it was – him rushing the game plan and not setting up his stuff, but you know, there's, there's, there's room for improvement, but uh, you know, I, I think he'll, he's going to bounce back, but that I'm happy for, for Bruce Leroy, Alex, yeah. uh, Alex Cassaris, Cassaris, Yeah. Because you know, he had some ups and downs and he's just always fun. And you know, what's funny. He looks like Bruce Leroy from the movie a little bit. You, you never saw the movie. Didn't know. Shame. I know. Well, you can shame me for a lot of reasons. I want to, this add- is one reason to shame me. Well, I want to ask Gary Owen if he's seen the movie. This is my first question for our guest, the comedian Gary Owen. I want to ask him if he's seen the movie, The Last Dragon. 
Okay? Okay. Let's welcome him in. Hey, Gary, can you hear us? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, buddy, we can hear you pretty well, actually. How you doing? What's up? Gary, weird question. Weird question to start this thing off. But you're a martial arts fan, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Did you ever see the movie from the 80s called The Last Dragon? Yeah, show enough. Show enough? Show enough? The show gonna haul him. Jimmy, he knows. Gary knows. I don't know if I saw it. I, I don't think I saw it. Who were we talking to last week about this? And I don't think I saw it. Jimmy, you it was another comedian. It was uh, Ronnie Chang. Oh, Ronnie Chang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't Jimmy, think I saw it. You better direct your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. I'm telling you, this movie has it all. You've seen it, Gary. You've never seen The Last Dragon? Look at him. Dude, I don't think I've ever seen I know, but I don't th- I don't think I've ever seen it. I like Gary already. The big glow at the end. When you got that glow, and I like the music in it. My kids liked it. I watched it with my family over the weekend. And uh, I'll tell you, such a fucking good movie for the 80s, you know? Yeah. yeah, It's like it's like it's like a like a and it's what's funny about those 80s movies. It has full fledged videos in it. It has like the bra. What's that? What's that? Janet Janet Jackson's ex-husband. What's that guy? The Barge. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Gary knows. They they play the rhythm of the night. They play the whole whole video. The whole video's in there. Fucking crazy, man. That guy's aged really well, too. The lead of that. Tia Mac or Tia Mac. Oh. He, he's been to the comedy store quite a few times in LA. Oh, really? Is he is he funny? No, no, he just hangs out, but he uh <laughs> he uh, he aged well, considering he's probably pushing 70 or 60 now. I'm sure. Wow, he's got the fucking glow. Yeah. You true. look big, dude. Like your arms, when you put your your arms up, you look fucking now. Have you been uh, were you always that big and I just never noticed it? Like, yeah, you look like you're pretty you're jacked, like you're working out. Yeah, I don't know. Six, I guess six two, about two twenty. I don't know. How the fuck are you that big? And I didn't remember you that big. I'm glad I never had a problem with you. Well, you're a lot bigger than I remember. (laughs) (laughs) It's always better when a guy is bigger than you thought and you never had a problem with him than a guy who you have a big problem with. You're like, oh fuck, he's six two, two hundred. I'm finished. Um, I'm I'm trying to get that uh, the carrot top. Post forty career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, do you train at all? Do you I, like? I started training last year with uh, with doing some kickboxing, and then COVID hit. Do you, have you ever trained? I've never UFC trained. I've I've done boxing, you know, but I've never um, never UFC trained. I'm my my problem. I'm very unflexible. I'd be scared. I pull oh. something. My hamstrings are awful. Awful. <laughs> Where are you from, Gary? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. So who's who's from there? Rich Franklin. Is oh, Cincinnati. Is he living in Asia now? Is he over in Asia? Is he? I don't know. I think that's our our biggest UFC fighter to come out of that area. Rich Franklin, him and Marge Shot, uh, the two uh, the two biggest out of Cincinnati. I I don't know if she's from there. That's never been a good market for me. We just I think talked to somebody about this recently. We're like, you know how you tour and you have certain markets where you're you're great and other markets. Ohio is so fucking weird, man. Like in in Toledo and Cleveland is is great. Columbus is great. Um, no, Toledo's bad and Cincinnati's bad. Woof. Really? Hey, I like Cincinnati. that with the Northeast. I just, for some reason, I'd be like, that is not my market for whatever reason. Oh, why is that? Yeah. Providence and any of those cities in Massachusetts. I don't know. For whatever reason, I mean, nothing, the people that do come are great, but it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, make sure you get me in the Northeast. When COVID's over, put it that way. Yeah, it's it's very funny how how some places work for you. Some that's actually my best is the Northeast. Anywhere anywhere else, I'm below average. The Northeast, I'm strong. Anywhere else, oh, don't even think about it. 
Yeah. Man, I love meeting comedians. I always like to know how you got into it. Like, were you a goof? Some guys, they weren't even, I heard they're not even funny in high school. And then they, after high school, people like surprised they became a comedian. Is that your case or, or no? No, no. I, I always knew. That was, that was the plan from jump. I was like class clown, most obnoxious. I actually ran away. My junior high school, I ran away. And my buddy, we get in this car. He takes me on the Greyhound station, downtown Cincinnati. And this is how I had it planned out. I had a thermos. And I went to Kroger and got a, the goober grape. So it's the peanut butter and the jelly in one jar and a loaf of bread. And I go, dude, I'll go to L.A. I'll make it. I'm funny, dude. I'll make it. And then we got down to the Greyhound station and we had like $14, $13 between us. And I was like, oh, wow, I can get to Louisville. I didn't know how much a bus ticket was. So they had to take me back home. I was like, damn, we got to rethink this. But that was always what I wanted to do as a comedian. When did you actually start? I was 19 first time and I got I was a rough night at the comedy store in La Jolla because I, I joined the Navy after high school because I, I thought I thought David Lee Roth had the video California Girls so I thought the entire state was LA I didn't know there was a Fresno in a Bakersfield I just thought California's LA and I thought Navy had the biggest bases in California so I said if I can join the Navy I can get to California and I can start doing stand-up so that was the goal. <laughs> so I joined the Navy. The first two years I was in Washington, D.C. in the Honor Guard. So we were spinning the rifles and doing the funerals and stuff like that. And then first chance I got stationed in California, I took it in San Diego. My first night I got in the phone book. It's actually a funny story. I got in the phone book and I called this place called the Comic Castle. And I said, hey, do you guys got open mic? And the guy goes, let me check. And I said, let me check. And then he came back. He was like, I can't find them. I go, What? I called a comic book store. He was looking for a superhero uh, named Open Mike. <laughs> oh, that's the guy, so cool. <laughs> the guy called me back. The guy got on the phone with me and he goes, uh, let me see if I can look something up. And he gave me the number to the comedy store in La Jolla. And so that su Sunday nights was Open Mike. So I went to that Open Mike night and didn't go that great. But uh, at least I got on stage and then it kind of took off from there. Isn't it good to get the first bomb out of the way? Like, because I'm always fascinated. These guys that go up and they fucking kill for the first six months. And I'm like, how do you deal with your first bomb? You get the, the first bomb out in the first few days and it kind of like, all right, well, this is as bad as it's going to get. Now I can kind of move forward. Yeah, that mine wasn't like a bomb bomb. It was like 10 people in the audience, but all the comics was in the back and they weren't heckling, but they were doing the, the whole ha at the setup and they know you're struggling and you don't, you can't make a right or left. You got these five minutes you've been working on in the mirror that you know is right. going to work. And then they're not, it's not working. And so I had a beer in my hand. I was 19 and I said, Hey, all you comics in the back, go ahead and keep heckling. I'm 19. I've been drinking in this club all night. Why don't I call the cops and shut this motherfucker down? <laughs> That's funny. That's so, funny. When I say they lifted me like this and then threw me out, I did a front roll in front of the comedy store. And I'm dusting myself off. And I don't know if you remember, um, remember the old manager of the comedy store in La Jolla? He had the, the legs was wrong with them. Um, I don't know if I ever did that room. I've done the store uh, on Sunset. I don't know if I ever did that room in La Jolla. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he won $100,000 on America's Funniest People one year. But he was the manager. And I just remember him coming out on his crutches and going, never come back. And I looked uh, up and dust myself off. And I go, okay, I can talk shit. I don't know if my jokes work, but I can talk shit. <laughs> So that, that's what, that was my first time on stage. And when did you go back there? Uh, it, it took me a while to get back on stage. 
And then uh, about a year later, I went back and apologized and just told wow. him what happened. And, you know, you just swallow your pride. I said, I'm sorry, but I really sure. like to be a stand up. And then he said, all right, come back to open mic. And he watched me. And then I was able to be good after that. Oh, good. How long have you been a um, <clears throat> mixed martial arts UFC fan? It's fine. I started watching. I was shooting a movie in Vancouver called Little Man with the Wayans brothers. <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of cable channels. But for some reason, Canada every night had this 30 minute boxing show on, on their ESPN. It was like hockey and boxing. And then they started showing the ultimate fighter. Yeah. And that was the year of um, Kashik. Josh Kashik was on it. He had the blonde hair. Yeah, versus GS. Oh, and I might have been either the first season or he was on the first season. He also came back as a coach no. versus GS. No, this was the first season then. Oh, so that okay. was 2004 or five. Yeah, and that's, that's right. That's right. That's when I uh, that's when I really started watching because I come home and it'd be on. Wow. So I got to know the fighters. So that's when wow. I really started getting involved and, in, in, you know, watching it and stuff. That show was really like the fucking Trojan horse that got into everybody's living yeah. rooms and people got to know the fighters. And then they're like, oh, they're not just barbarians street fighting. They, you know, the disciplines, their their stories and kind of like what the Contender series is doing now. It, yeah. You get invested in the fighters a little bit. What, what I liked about the Ultimate Fighter was uh, there was no sugar coating. You kind of knew who was going to be the wild card, who was going to be the drunk. Who, yeah. Who, when he lost, wasn't going to give a shit no more. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> who, who was the guy that he won one year and they immediately went to Vegas and like wild out? And then Dana had to kick him off. Yep. Just, he came back guy? years later. I, yeah, I know he who came you mean. Back he came from the redemption. Justin or something around that. I know you're a big a wrestling meathead guy. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking Vegas, about. He kicked out the limo yeah. window. And I was like, I, when I was watching that season, I saw it coming. I go, I don't know if he's ready for this. <laughs> Jesse Taylor. Jesse yeah. Taylor, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. looked it up. Jesse Taylor, yeah. And then he came back in, uh, I think a couple years ago he came back, right? He was, yeah, uh, yeah. he had been out for quite a while and he straightened up and came back. Hey, man. I'm you excited about this good. weekend. I can't. It's crazy. Every weekend now, no one has done a better job, I think, than the UFC of getting it up and running. And I think I don't even miss the fans. Like, it's great when they're there, but I like hearing, like, the coaches yell stuff from the corners. I like hearing the, the, the fighting. Like, it's crazy how they've had more fights now than they've ever had before. And even when you're in a, if you're in a bar of Buffalo Wild Wings, you can't really hear the fans anyway. Right. If you're in a bar yeah. like that. So. Yeah, it's visual. They're out there. You see them. And I guess the fighters like it, but I kind of like I'm so used to it now. Like, I don't I don't even realize like, oh, yeah, this is different than it used to be. So I always root for the guys that I think would come see me perform. <laughs> like, who do I think has watched my act? So right. like this weekend, I'm like, OK, I know Stylebender see me. So I'm rooting for him. I think Amanda Nunez has a good um, I think she laughed. She's got a good and sense then, of humor. And Sterling, for sure, because I know uh, um, Yan has no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. not watching your special in Siberia? Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> that's, that's how I root for people. I go, I think that guy would come see me. Or I think he's probably watched me on YouTube <laughs> or something. Yeah, do they recognize me? If they recognize me and were they nice to me? Yeah, that's, it's, sometimes you don't know who, did, who, do, who do I like. Like, I don't know. They're all nice guys. They're all nice people. So you might as well root for someone that likes you, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, so what do you think is going to happen? I mean, Blahovich against uh, um, Adesanya. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for Adesanya at all. Blahovich, for some reason, is very underrated. Even though he's the light heavyweight champion, he I guess maybe because he's following John Jones too. 
But he, I think he's very underrated uh, how dangerous he is. It, yeah, I, I think for me, I'm not going to go against Style Bender until somebody does it. Yeah. But he seems like he, he seems like he he knows what he's going to do before he goes in there. And it's almost uh, I don't want to compare it to Mayweather in boxing, but it seems like as the fight's going on, he just kind of figures it out. Like, oh, that's how that's what he feels like when he hits me. And he kind of just to me, he's like, I don't know. He's just three steps ahead of everybody when he's in the ring. Like, oh, OK. He's more fun to watch than Mayweather. So I'm sorry, Matt. He's more fun, like, because even knocking out Brunson or or Whitaker or Paulo Costa, like, he's just a more fun guy to watch with Mayweather because it's not it's not all defense. Like, I never enjoyed watching Mayweather because his defense was so good. I just I don't like him. Like, uh, I like watching Adesanya a lot more. He's more aggressive. Yeah, I was more like comparing him. Like, it seemed like with Mayweather, he come in the ring and all his fights, the first two or three rounds, you feel like the guy had a shot. Yeah. And then by round four or five, he kind of <laughs> figures it out. You're like, oh, God, this guy yeah. is just, he feels your power. Okay, get your speed down. It seems like Adesanya's like that mentally. Like, oh, okay, now I know what, it, you know, I know what he feels like and kind of figures it out. He's got so much kickboxing experience. Yeah. He's so accurate. He's fast. He's got great footwork. But that legendary Polish power, I mean, I was just watching some of his best finishes, not to mention Man, he's got some some decent strangles. I mean, I seen him strangle somebody standing up up against the cage with a rear naked, no hooks or nothing. Just, uh, I mean, I'm talking about not style bend. I'm talking about Jan. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and also on the floor with a nice head and arm choke. I mean, he is, you know, I, I listen. It's going to be a fantastic fight. I do, even though we have Jan coming on. I do. I am going with style bender because I feel that, you know, he's just going to be putting on a master class. And I think he's going to outstrike him and, and and hit him like three to one. But it's that one that could put his lights out. So it's hey, listen. Yeah. That's why we watch, man. Edge of the seat stuff, you know. Yeah, I know. I can't you know. wait. I know. And it's, going up in weight, it's always interesting to see when a guy goes up in weight. How do they respond? Like you know, like for some guys, it works out better. Like the lack of a cut makes them more effective. And other guys seem to have a bit more of a hard time because they're fighting bigger guys. It'll be great to see Jones. I, he's fighting either uh, Miocic or uh, Nganu. Um, I can't in, wait for that one. I know. I know. I, <laughs> I Again, he's another guy that I think if Jones is one of the best ever, if not the best ever. But, um, you know, Nganu is a problem. If he beats Miocic and, and Jones, that's his first heavyweight fight. That's a, that's a tough fight to go into for your first one. That's the best part about the UFC. Cause UFC, you get to see the fights you want to see. There's, there's nobody's. There's no, like, I don't know, different belts. And promoters getting in the way, and that's right. Oh, that's what we want to see. That's going to bring in the most numbers, and that's who fights. I've been saying that too. Like you're right. Like, you, and I know you liked you. I said that in Ghana, you compared him to Tyson, and you remember Tyson Holyfield. We were waiting six years for that, and I know Tyson went to jail, but even before that, it was hard to get this because boxing just makes you wait. There's so much nonsense. But UFC, you mentioned a fight, and you know, eighty yeah. percent of the time they make the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like Mayweather and Pacquiao. I mean, look at that. that that's who should have been on right. a while ago. So yeah. then when it finally got done, it's like, ah, is that the best version of, of Pacquiao? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what they talk about. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, I always thought about this when Ronda Rousey was fighting. So she loses to Holly Holmes, and then she comes back, and they put her against Amanda Nunez. And I had no clue Amanda Nunez was going to turn out like she did. So sometimes I wonder – if they would have paired Ronda Rousey with somebody else, would she still be fighting? I, I paired now. Listen, she 
was a former champion. She only had that one loss to Holly when they put her up against Amanda, correct? Um, and look, Amanda, yes, look what she's become. It's amazing. You can't even think. We forgot about her losing, but she did lose. She lost to Kat Zagano in a fight that she was destroying. She got a little gassed. Then she got out grappled, actually, by Kat. You know what I mean? So, And that's a girl. that. And listen, styles make fights. Ronda took out Kat in seconds, literally. <laughs> Kat threw her and she boom, 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 armbar. So, you know, MMA math never equals, never never adds up. But that might have been the, the, you know, the school of thought there. I don't think that it would have mattered to be a, just an opinion because I think Ronda handled that loss so badly. I, I don't think it would have mattered who she fought after. Like, she waited a year for that fight. She did no press. She never really talked about it that much. It really seemed to get to her. So I think that was more the problem than the losses. Because you look at, again, a guy like Francis who had a loss, but then he dropped two in a row and now he's won four in a row. Like fighters come back all the time after a little losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she would have. I think it might have been in her, the, the, the losing might have done something to her mentally. I'm only judging that because she never fought it again. Yeah. I just I remember know. watching that fight and I was like, and then now every time I see Nunez fight, I go, God, I just, I just always wondered that in the back of my head. Like they had no idea she was end up being. Arguably, Ronda's being talked about as the greatest female fighter, and now Nunez is being talked about as the greatest female yeah. fighter. Yeah, it's, I think it's not even close. It's definitely Amanda because she not only beat Ronda, but she beat Holly. Uh, she beat. We just talked before about Cyborg. I mean, you know, oh she's she's beaten. I, I think she's by far the best, right, Matt? I, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, she's up there, but I mean, Valentina has to be mentioned because she had two yeah. close fights with her. She had two close yep. fights, and you know, now she's doing a different weight class. So. You got to say something about Valentina. She's got sure, to that conversation. Gary, let me ask you, speaking of fighting and perseverance and comebacks, you started, you had your first gig, didn't go so well. When did you realize, how many times did you bomb and, and, and to, before you were like, all right, I could make a living out of this for real? Or were you ever like, man, I might have to go back to, where were you, Illinois? No, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I started in San Diego. I'm, I grew up in Cincinnati, but I started doing stand-up in San Diego. Did you ever think that it wasn't going to work out at a certain point and say, you know what? It's been how many months, how many years? I got to get, I, I got to go get a nine to five or no. No, I Good never, for I, Good for I you. always thought it was everybody else. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got it. And and the reason I started doing, um, I get this question a lot too. Like I started doing quote unquote black comedy because I'm the white guy that does all the black stuff. Basically when I go on the road, my, my crowd is 80% black. Yeah, because when I started after that bomb in San Diego, I was I'm on in the Navy. I go back to my ship. I'm talking, and all the all the black guys on my ship that I was talking to was telling me about all the quote unquote hood spots you can go to. Because I was like, the comedy stores is in San Diego. I was like, there's nowhere else I can go. They go, nah, you can go to like Smokey's on Wednesday, you know, Bill's Bar on Tuesday. There was all these black nights that I could go to that I think a lot of the white comics didn't want to venture into. So I was just trying to get on stage. So that's how I started doing all the, the quote unquote black nights. And the same thing happened when I started to get to LA, I couldn't get on the mainstream nights, but I started talking to a couple of the black comics and there was all these black spots you could go to. So I started doing all the black spots and that's how I got on BET and it, and it kind of took off. But I, I, I never really doubted myself. I just always knew, okay. And that's how I started doing, I would almost say my brand of comedy, but that's, that's how the, you know, that's how I got it. I got, black people got exposed to me first. And so I always say, you don't choose your audience. They choose you. You yeah. can't say I'm, I'm performing for these people. They, people see your jokes and they come out to see you. 
So that's yeah. how it kind of took off. But I never, never doubted myself, ever. They probably respected the fact that you were going to that comedy club. Like, all right, this guy's got balls at least, whether he's funny or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But I think a lot of when like Def Comedy Jam came out and Showtime at the Apollo, I think that might intimidate a lot of people towards black audiences because they saw people getting booed yeah. or they saw the crowd was rowdy. And yeah. what I've come to see is it's not like that. I mean, you do get some rowdy crowds, but most of the time it's not like that. Like I, yeah. I find black people, they have no skeletons in the closet. <laughs> you know, that I don't think I've ever seen a black person get up because they were offended at my show. Right. <laughs> it's never had that. Some, they might get up because they get mad or they heckle or they're drunk, but I've never seen a black person get up because I offended them with something I said on stage. Yeah, I've I've done I've never had great success uh, in black rooms. I've done some of those shows, but Patrice said to me one time. He said, black people should like you, but they look at you and think they shouldn't. <laughs> that was very funny and probably pretty, <laughs> pretty accurate. But yeah, whatever the audience that likes you, um, whatever crowd comes, hey, it's, you know, if, it, if you put asses in the seats, that really is all that matters. That's all that matters. You got stuff in the chamber for you when you get heckled. You got some go-tos. Yes. Both <laughs> of you guys. Yeah. You never know what's going to come out. I mean, but you got the microphone. Yeah. So you, you know, you, you got, got the... Uh, yeah, you got you got that one hitter quitter. They should be able to take you when you got the microphone. Have you lost it losing to a heckler? And it happens once in a while and usually earlier on. But oh, I, I, I've told this story, too. I had a I was doing a gig in Wildwood, New Jersey, and I was being heckled by a guy. And he was really funny and really smashing me. And I talked to him after. He said, hey, sorry about that. And he was a dunk clown. That was what he did. Like his job was to sit there and scream at people as they walk by. And then you try to knock him in the water. So he was fucking great at just yelling shit. And uh, I had no skills, you know, back in 1992. <laughs> fucking mauled me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it happens. Mean? He's still telling people at, at the fan reunions. Yeah, he, he probably is. Like yeah. <laughs> some guy I yell. He wanted to probably know who I was back. He's some fucking jerk off. I smashed him. Um, and what is your podcast too, guy? I know you get a podcast. Yeah, that's uh, it's called hashtag get some. It's just a hashtag I've been using forever on Instagram. So I just turned into my podcast, but I, I wanted to be a place where comedians could come a lot. So I've been, it's been cool. Cause you know, being on the road so much, uh, even before COVID um, you don't, I, you don't see a lot of comics cause you're in one city, they're in the next. Right. So what I liked about it is it's got me a chance to catch up with a lot of people in the, and it's funny. I make the phone calls for people to be on the show. So it, right. I was like, man, this is going to really tell me what people feel about me <laughs> if they don't come yeah. on. But luckily everybody's come on that I called and schedule permitting and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been cool. You know, it's hard to book a podcast. It's the worst. I hate doing it. I'm like, uh, I just, could you, you know, I, I, I know. It really <laughs> And it's you don't want to get your feelings if they say no. Yeah. <laughs> book a podcast? You're saying get somebody? Oh, you to, to book your podcast? Like when you're trying to get somebody on your podcast, like you have to call them and, and it's just like, I hate booking my own podcast. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah you got to call and say, hey, if you're not doing anything, uh, we're not paying you. And if you could, you want to fight LA traffic and come down to the studio and. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, you, you do it in person? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you see okay. the fights over the weekend, uh, Gary? Uh, no, I was working. This oh, weekend. Shit. Oh, yeah, so, so you're back on the road and everything. Yeah, I've been back for about four months. Solid. Is it really? weird? Or are you in clubs or has it worked? No, I'm in clubs. Um, I get rapid tested uh, every week right when I get back home. 
I got okay. a little Walgreens I go to just to make sure everybody feels safe. And then uh no, it's been cool. It's it's half full. So it's not it's not I'm used to it now. Are you guys gonna get the vaccine or no? Yes. I am. You are. Everybody is, right? I'll knock an old lady out of the way to get it. I'll fucking I'll elbow an 80 year old woman out and jump in and take it. <laughs> That's it. immediately yeah. okay. me by a nurse. I can't re-explain it, but it did get explained to me how it works. And the way she explained it was so simple. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Now oh, I explain it to us. I, I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. I can't the way either. she explained it, it was so quick. I went, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah, I well, definitely will too. Yeah, well, things um, to look it up. New normal, my ass. We got to get yeah. back. Uh, the fights last weekend. What I did see on online it was it was boring, though, right? The, the heavyweight fight wasn't a bond. Wasn't a great fight. No, it wasn't great. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Bad. The undercard yeah. was fun. Yeah, you know, a lot of good fights that night, but unfortunately, the main, main event, event was a little bit of a snooze fest. Yeah, you know. Two guys they who were, from that. They, they both from had that. Too, a little too much respect from each other. I think a little, you know, again, you saw it with Ngannou Lewis. It reminded me of that fight too, where both guys are just being very, very careful. Um, but Rosen, a couple of fights in a row like that, with the exception of JDS, um, you know, you look at five straight rounds against uh, Overeem that were rough, five straight rounds against Gon that were rough, um, you know, and then Ngannou, of course. So he hasn't had like a great streak lately. Speaking of Derek Lewis, how fun is he to watch? Amazing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> cut from hell. Did you see that punch? Yeah. It just crumbled. It was so, it wasn't even that violent it, it, when you saw it live because he just kind of went down. The, the first punch, oh, the second two was brutal. Oh, he was, he got frozen from the first shot. It's like, man, what a, he found that sweet spot. And I thought it was very interesting. I said he wasn't doing any jabs or crosses and he just wanted to do a knee or an uppercut. He was patient yeah. enough to wait for that. <laughs> And it paid off, man. That guy's got some power. He and he's so honest too, because afterwards he goes, "I just couldn't get my energy going." Like you know, he he knew he was a little sluggish, and he's just such an honest dude. He can't not say it. But you're right. That first shot. Sometimes those short uppercuts, you you don't realize how hard they're thrown. It was like watching Stipe when he uh, when when Cormier knocked him out. Like that little short punch. It doesn't look as powerful as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something else. Yeah. You train uh, Sterling, right? Yeah, man. I uh, he's been he's one of my black belts. Yeah, you know? well, I know rooting. who you rooting for this weekend. Let's say, oh, I'll be rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, a hundred percent. I'm excited yeah. for him, man. Yeah, I, I I believe he's going to become champion. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think yeah, so I'm rooting too. for him because I think he would come see me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He's I hope we talked to Piotr Jan and he's like, fuck you, Gary Owen. I'm, I love that guy. <laughs> he wants to see you get, fucking get choked out and lose the belt. Get some gigs booked in Siberia after that. <laughs> hey, listen, man, we have to uh, we have to move on. We're going to be getting uh, we got Jan Blahovich and then Joseph Benavitez both coming on. But uh, come back and talk to us again. man. I love comedians who are MMA fans. It's always good to have a fellow comic MMA fan on the show. Nice yeah, man. You, Thank and you guys Gary, for having me. Where can people see you? Just let's give your podcast a proper plug let's too. plug some shit. Uh, the podcast is called Hashtag Get Some. So you can go to YouTube and just search my name. And usually all the, the episodes just come up. And then every link is on GaryOwen.com. If okay. you go to the website, all the links are on there to everything. Wait, on Instagram? What's your Instagram? Uh, at Gary on Comedy. Easy enough. Yeah. All right. Great, man. Come Thanks, back and, and talk some more fights with us and stuff, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, nice guys. To good talking to you, man. Take care. You did it. Bye.
This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Joseph, can you hear us? Yes. Are we doing video? Yes, yes. buddy, we are. We can see you. You look yes. good. You look good. Thank you. Joseph, you I can't look good. your style, man. You got fucking, you, I said this last time, you've got style. Ah, uh, thanks, brother. So does do you. Does, nah, we all got well, if hey, no every, style. I believe in every style is a style. It's your own style. And that's the most style you can have. It's like, like that's, Bruce. It's like that Bruce Lee shit. The no way is the way. I'm with you. Exactly, bro. Yeah, hey. everyone. Shit, Joseph. you can't teach your own style. So only you got it. Yes, you can only that's, the, go, that's, baby. that's the attitude of a person who really has style. Like, hey, I'm just doing my thing. Like me, I don't, I have to wear, I'm putting on so much weight. I have to wear a fucking muumuu at this point. I have no style whatsoever. I have a bad, I had a girlfriend tell me I had a bad face for hats. I had a hat on and she's like, your face looks terrible in hats. I might agree. So she's, a, she's an ex-girlfriend now then, right? I know. Yeah, that's, that's a right. great point. She better yeah, be after reason. that crap. Come <laughs> on. Reason. She, she was right, though. She I'll was put right. you in a top hat, Jimmy. You look cute. Little top hat. <laughs> like a little peanut guy. But listen, Joseph, <laughs> we put on that same cap that Joseph has on. We're not pulling it off. No. We're not pulling it off. Anyway, I got to ask you something, buddy. I'm, I've do. seen, I've seen a movie that I probably wouldn't normally watch. And it's Lovely. called The Lighthouse. You recommended it. Oh, did I? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I <laughs> I no, I, I did say I watched it. I said oh, I watched it. I, I, I might have, but I think we did talk about it. And I said, I watched it. It's interesting. But like, I wouldn't. It's a, I mean, you tell me. It's a, it's a different movie. It's like this new kind of psychological artsy horror but it's a little too artsy to be scary. And then it's a little too, I mean, it's, it's a beautifully done movie and it's well acted, but trippy. Yeah. It's very trippy. There's I, a lot of metaphors and shit in it, but um, that director's like a new art house horror guy. His name's Robert Eggers. Yeah. So, you know, horror movies are trying to get the respect of like real movies and those movies and another guy, Ari Aster that does them are making some really good, like, 
horror but not gore you know what i mean like, like alfred hitchcock type shit no yeah yeah exactly like i thought the acting was incredible but you also needed subtitles because you couldn't understand the damn people and their weird sea accent man i watched it on the way to abu dhabi and uh i man it was it was it kept me interested you know what i mean i don't know if I, was, if I was in a theater i might have walked out if it was a theater but <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a strange movie for sure it got a lot of hype that year, but I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't in my top 10 or something. I thought it was a little overhyped. I liked that it was, that it was unique, that it was unique, but you know, didn't do it for me as a watch. Odd question. It's, it's, it's Jimmy's question. Did you ever see the movie, The Last Dragon from the eighties? Bruce Lee? Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Um, I actually haven't seen that. No. Okay. Put it on your list. Damn. I haven't seen the classics. I'm, I know I got a whole... I got a whole no notes on my phone that's just full of movies to watch. So I'm adding that in. I'll put Matt Sarah, Jim Norton by it. <laughs> if you like horror movies, A1, that, that studio, A1 does some really interesting ones. Did you see, and this movie scared the shit out of me. I Hereditary. think it's called, there you go. That's what? exactly the movie I was going to say. Heredit I, was, I almost said the Heretic by mistake. That's Exorcist 2. Hereditary with Tony Collette scared the fuck out of me. Did that bother you? What's the premise? So, so it's a, it's like about a family curse or something. It's it's, a, it's 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 a, a brother, two parents, and like there's a death, and the death sparks the mother to talk to somebody, and that kind of sparks some witchcraft rituals because the mother's mother had died. Yeah, it's, it's a family thing that is sparked by a couple of deaths. Real, it's terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. That's the other guy I was talking about, Ari Aster. He does the movies. Hereditary and um, oh, he directed it. Okay, yeah, and Midsummer is another one. He made a horror movie that takes place in daylight, so it's kind of yeah. weird. They go to Sweden and do a bunch All of right. drugs. It's kind of like a culty movie. It was, it was different too. But he did those two. Yeah, so that's funny. That those were the movies we were kind of talking about. You know, it's funny. I, I I know he did Midsummer, and I saw that. I didn't love it, but you just pointed out something to me. You're right. They that was a horror movie in daylight. Was that kind of the, what he meant to do? Because I, you're right. I didn't even catch that it was all in daylight. You're right. Yeah, it was just kind of. I I remember him saying like, I've never seen a move uh, a horror movie or something that was supposed to be scary that you know is vibrant and takes place in like a nice white lit place. And it's kind of weird because I guess in Sweden they don't go through nighttime in some of the seasons. So I think that was the premise of like, it was, you know, midnight, but it was like, you know, um, bright. And they were also in this weird cult thing. And um, it was a trippy movie. It looked beautiful, though, honestly. It was well shot. Yeah, it, it was a weird movie, but but Hereditary mortified me. Like I, I went and watched a scene. Have you seen it? You know what? I haven't because I'm actually just dipping my toes into like the horror genre. So that's why I'm starting kind of with the artsier types. But I haven't manned up to watch Hereditary yet. Yeah. Because I need somebody to be with me, and Megan's not into the the horror. So I'm like, I need like a person to be there. <laughs> Don't tell her it's a horror movie. Tell her it's a comedy. Tell her it's a rom com. She knows it's frightening. <laughs> she'll now, she'll she'll turn off the TV. Oh, she will. Now, are you yeah. and Megan watching any kind of series that I should know about? You know, because me and my wife are always looking for something new. Shit. Um, Anything new on Netflix or whatnot? What the hell were we watching? We oh, you know what we're watching? That's really good. It's actually a docu series, uh, a traveling series. It's a Stanley Tucci searching for Italy. Oh. Beautiful show. 
it's on CNN and Stanley Tucci just goes through the 20 regions of Italy and uh, discovers all their different, you know, every cuisine through all the regions are different. And it's really nice for me. I love the show, but I also think right now when we can't travel and I'm hungry from cutting weight, I love watching food stuff. So he goes and, you know, he discovers all the food there and how it came about in every region. So I love watching food shows when I'm cutting weight. Then wow. also like I've had this, I've had this crazy like wanderlust for travel since we can't. So it kind of does, you know, it kind of gets all my things in there. Another one I think you'd like that's funny. And I hate watching comedy series a lot of the times is uh, what we do in the shadows. That was a funny one. Never heard um, that's of it. A, yeah. That's like a vampire uh, parody and it's, oh. it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly ridiculous. Where is it from? Where, where, what, what street? It's on Hulu. Hulu. Oh, okay. Hulu, Hulu FX. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's not one that like you binge and like keeps you dramatic, but it's just fun. Fun to watch. Yeah. You know what's dis disgusting and disturbing is what Jimmy does in the shadows. You don't want him to watch that. No, I do that in the sunlight. In the shadows, I hug and kiss. When I'm in the sunlight, I do the gross shit. I want everybody to say it. <laughs> nice. Hey, I want to hear about your new podcast you do with uh, your wife, Megan O'Levy. At home with Ben O'Levy? Ben O'Levy, that's, that's a moniker, you know, for the both of us. Sure, yeah, of course. You know, since we're both kind of known, we're definitely equals. And I thought about, for like, Megan uh, hasn't changed her last name. I didn't ask her to. She's obviously, like, on TV. She's always going to use O'Levy as a known um, TV name. But I'm like, you don't need to change your last name. Like, I don't care. Like, I married you, you know, whatever. And uh, I'm like, what if we just change our last name to that? But anyway, it's been something people have said for a while. And, you know, it, like I said, we're equals. It kind of puts both of us in there. And the podcast, man, it's been fun. Like you guys know, like I've realized something great in life is just talking to people about shit that you like. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about things you want to talk about right now. And if people happen to listen and care and talk back, it's like such a good feeling. So I go around half my life just talking to people about shit I like, but they don't care. And they're just like, okay, dude, like I have kids. I have to work. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> but when people like want to know about it, it's great. And I don't know if our listeners want to know, but they're there to listen. So we have them hostage, whatever. So like I said, we just talk about stuff we like. And it's honestly an at-home podcast through, you know, a little more intimate into our lives, but it's shit people talk about at home and with friends. Like a lot of the feedback we've got, like, it's funny enough, like a lot of our friends watch it. And I feel yeah. weird that like, these are my best friends. Like they could talk to me, but they're watching the podcast and they say, it makes me feel like I'm at home with you guys in the kitchen or by the pool. And like, right. we can't see you guys right now, but this is stuff we talk about. So we started up, we talk about what we're doing in the week. Every segment we go through what we're watching. So we say, this is what we've been watching. We talk about, whether it's the trashy reality shows Megan watches, the freaking foreign black and white silent Oscar nominated movies I watch, all everything in between. We go about what we watch, you know, what we send each other in our DMs. We go through those because like that's also kind of like a modern love thing is like memes and shit. So we go through, you know, restaurant recommendations, stuff to watch, what we're doing. We talk celebrity crushes like obviously there's a fight every weekend. So we're going to talk about you sure. know, the main event, the stuff that happened and look forward to stuff. And if Megan has any interesting short stories behind the scenes from work. But other than that, we just talk about 
modern couples stuff that they do at home, which a lot of couples are doing right now and a lot of people in general. So pretty much what we just did on this show, talk about what the hell we're watching. Like sometimes I get done. I'm like, damn, that was an entertainment podcast, like straight up. How great is it too to have a wife who knows so much about fighting? Like it's awesome if you talk about fights with her. She's she's in like an expert on the UFC, and like you don't have to yeah. like you know you both just talking kind of as equals uh, as far as what you know about the UFC. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she has more insight because she shares the behind the scenes stuff. She obviously knows more about the fighters than me. And then funny enough, she is the one always bringing up any other sport. You know, if like around the Super Bowl. She knew everything about the Super Bowl and the people competing and their stories behind it. Um, We take listener questions. They're always asking her questions about the Yankees. And I'm just like, I'm over here talking about freaking (laughs) Big Little Lies or some kind of, you know, show. Um, So, yeah, it's great. She knows so much about sports. And it's just stuff that we like talk about anyway. So it makes it really easy to have her as a partner because we talk about this stuff in the kitchen. So we just record it. Tell me about the celebrity crushes. Is that you guys? Do you guys have crushes on? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. You guys are very secure with yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, the best thing we were talking, like, the funny thing is, like, Megan was, like, we go into each other's DMs. And some of my first DMs I shared were ones that Megan sent me. That's what we, like, share on there. And she would send me videos of Megan the Stallion. Do you know who this is? Megan the Stallion. Uh, Megan the Stallion. She's a new artist. She's incredible uh, rapper. Just real fucking great. Like next kind of Nicki Minaj, dirty. Like a female oh. that like owns sex and like oh. you know what I mean. Is very empowered. Yeah. I like and that. Megan. She's incredible. Megan the Stallion. She says great shit. So some of our first DMs is Megan was sending me videos of Megan the Stallion twerking. Uh, could you send that to me? I'm looking her up I right will, now. I she's will, very cute. DM oh, she's me, jo- Joseph. DM wow. me that stuff. Just, yeah, just- I will. She's a champion. So we were talking about stuff like that. And then I'm like, Megan the Stallion was actually one of my crushes. And then Megan's crushes. Funny enough, it makes me comfortable because they. I feel like they're attainable crushes. Like her crushes were like Charlie from Always Sunny. Okay. You know, little Charlie from Always Sunny. And... um. And uh, John Leguizamo, okay, weirdly. yeah, right, yeah, and, sure. And and uh, Rob, well, not this isn't attainable, but she said Robert Downey Jr., but only an Iron Man, so Tony Stark, okay, so it's Tony Stark, All right. so uh, but she said, but I was like, you know what, like Leguizamo and um, and Charlie are like, dude, those are doable, like I can be that, you know what I mean? Like, mine were like uh, a girl, an actress, Saoirse Ronan, Taylor Swift, and Megan the Stallion. And then that's how we got to, hey, Megan the Stallion, Megan doesn't care if I crush on her. She's sending me pictures of her twerking. And then Megan's like, that's my damn crush, <laughs> like for sure. So, yeah. So we talk about stuff like that. And um, yeah. it's just it's it's fun. Kind of like who would you rather kind of things. You know, that's always a fun game. Well, you, you you one of the things that like you don't seem like you're insecure about that stuff at all. And that's one of the things that makes a good looking woman like you is the fact that you're comfortable with yourself. That makes you. If you were easily threatened by that stuff, it, it wouldn't be fun to do. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta think. I mean, it comes with the territory. I think, you know, um, dating someone in Megan's position, you know, it's like, well, she's gonna talk to like cooler, bigger, stronger like right. guys like all day, like probably be hit on by him, meet a ton of probably celebrities in the process. 
and you know that just comes with it but that all just comes from anything whether it's you know different guys different girls or security is just you know trusting the significant other regardless so it's all fun and um you know it's it's all people that we just like and enjoy i feel like we both crush on people that like we like as humans not like oh my god they're just so hot so she knows like it's all from we all know it's like you know from a good place and like i said like if she's crushing on john leguizamo and he's 50 i'm like i can look like that when i'm 50 like no problem right did you ever see her doing an interview though and you and the way the guy is communicating you get annoyed you're like yeah he's kind of flirting with her that's annoying me i i know this guy you know as i'm married like have you ever seen a guy kind of trying to be flirtatious and get irritated well you know at the beginning you know what i get more irritated like look she's gonna be hit on online all day whether it's from people i know or not like this and that you know and and i've seen her like get flirted with before and i don't think it's bad i'm sure. um, not really from guys that know me obviously so i kind of take it as a compliment is like someone tells me my wife's hot in a you know we're talking about in a respectful way right and like it is very you know complimentary to me but i get more mad if someone's rude to her or kind of um you know, disregards her or like doesn't respect her or her intelligence right. or her questions or is standoffish with them. That's the kind of stuff that annoys me. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot more likely in our sport is like, oh, this is just a girl. I'm just going to give her these one word answers or she doesn't know or like that's, you know what I, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's a difference between being, you know, if you think she's a pretty girl's interview and you like be happy, you know, be nice. But uh, don't be rude to a girl because you assume you know something about her. So that's actually more irritating than anything. And Joe, you've been off since uh, July. You're fighting Askar Askarov on uh, on the sixth. And how are you, how are you feeling? There's a couple losses to Figueredo, but um, yeah. you know you look great before then too. I mean, so it's like you know you think I think you'd work your way up to another title shot. You think that's your last title shot? Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I I, I think it is. You know, in, in my head. At least it is, and it, it's a it's a different kind of acceptance. It's um, it's a tough acceptance at first, but afterwards it's like a little bit freeing too, because that has been such a ghost, you know, that I've been chasing like for so long, and it's always the question, it's always the the next thing, and when is it gonna be? And like it didn't happen, and it doesn't look like it's gonna happen, and um, the acceptance of kind of letting that go is um. Like I said, it's hard and it's devastating in a way, but it's also kind of like, well, you know what? I got to get back to, yeah, my goal was always to be the champion, the world, but I got to get back to that, just like loving it and enjoying it also. And not just like I'm doing it just for this sole reason of the credit of being the, and everything that comes along with it. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think that was my last title shot and that's kind of what I'm taking in, but I feel good. You know, my, my first, um, the last two losses were title shots or two you know, a great dominant champion, you know, is like three of the four guys I've lost. I've only lost to four guys in my career. Three of them are world champions. And um, the other probably shouldn't have happened as far as like a split decision goes. But um, I look at that and I look at, you know, it's like, well, I'm there competing at the best. And the only reason I'm taking this fight and why it took me so long to take a fight is I still wanted to fight the best. Like it might not be for a title, but I don't want to fight a number 10 guy coming off contenders or was on the ultimate fighter. Like I still want to fight the best. That's the only reason I'm doing this. 
So Askar was the right um, opponent with the right ranking, um, the right time to take the time off that I needed to kind of fall in love and start having fun with the sport again. And uh, so, yeah, I feel ready with all those things considered, just having fun and being acceptance and just having kind of just free reign to go in there and, uh, and just love it, love it again without the pressures. Interesting. You said to fall in love with the sport again. What was there a moment like after maybe the second fight where you were like, eh, I'm not sure what I want to do. Or, or did you have like a, a bit of a time where you were kind of struggling mentally or what was it that took you to get you back to that? Well, well, it always, you know, I've been fighting for 15 years and the ups and downs wear on you the day in day out. I mean, it's, it's little things that like, you don't think of like, oh, I got to wake up and take all these pills every morning and do this and do like, just like little things. And it wears on you do the same thing day in and day out. Like you could be eating steak every damn day. You're going to get tired of it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like you could be eating caviar every day and you're going to be like, I don't want this today. You know what I mean? You're going to at some point want a freaking Mickey D's or something. Yeah, of course. So that's kind of just it, you know? And then with the down, it's a little easier to, for it to wear on you. And, you know, you put all this work into it and this thing breaks your freaking heart, right. you know, seven ways from Sunday. And you're just like, damn it. I did all that. Like to feel this, but then you think like, you know what? Like I have the chance to do this. I have the chance to chase greatness. And at the end of the day, you know, you knew the sacrifice, you knew the consequences um, that could have happened while chasing the obvious, um, ch chasing what else could have been like the, the achievements you could have been. But, um, but, you know, I look at it and like, you know what, I had the opportunity to do this and a lot of people don't. So um, just took me falling in love with that process again and just enjoying like, hey, I can do this. Not like I have to and I have to win the title and I should do this, I should do that. It's just like, you know what, every day having a chance to compete and a choice to live my right. dream and do what I do is, is a lot than a lot of people have, especially during this year, you know, um, in general, like people don't get to choose where the hell they're born and just being born in America or being born here, give you significantly different lives. Um, you know, people during this COVID, you know, you get diagnosed with this, you might not have a choice, you know, people losing their business. And I'm just like, I had every chance to make 2020 the best year of my life. You know, I could have been a world champion. It could have been my, 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 um, my crowning year, but you know, it wasn't. And you know what? I had the opportunity to do that at least. So just keep taking the opportunities and trying to make them my best. Well, look, Ben, it's, it's always good talking to you and we love watching you fight. I'm happy you're fighting again. I'm happy you're on this card. So good luck on Saturday and a good luck. I don't know why I said good luck. All of a sudden I'm fucking, I'm from Europe, but good luck on Saturday. And we'll talk to you uh, on the other side. Uh, however, you guys are the best. Man. Where do we watch that podcast again? What's the yes. name of the podcast? The name is um, at home with Ben Alivi, but you can just anywhere you do pod podcasts, like the Spotify, iTunes, um, link, like the link tree, you can look at all of them. Then we're adding like YouTube video probably this week too. So it's everywhere. Like it's at the link in mine and Megan's bios, that kind awesome. of stuff. So like I said, it's just, it's just a fun, lighthearted thing. We're not talking about conspiracies or aliens or anything. Just, you know, what the hell people like to talk about what people like, you know, we all like eating. We all like watching freaking movies. You know, yes. we all like fights. So we, we just talk about stuff like that. Just well, your life together. Yeah. We're big fans of both you and Megan. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to, I'm going to start listening to it.
Love you guys, man. Appreciate you guys. And always good to talk to you before the fight gets started. All Let's right, do buddy. it. Have All a great right. fight. Right, we'll guys. talk to you soon, Joe. Appreciate you guys. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Jan, Matt said you were taking an ice bath. Uh, how long do you take an ice bath for? It was in the, it was in a lake or some shit. Oh. Uh, I stopped doing it seven years ago, something like this. And how long can you last in one of those? I, I literally can't get in for more than three seconds before I leap back out. Uh, it's, everything is in your head, you know. I go to, to the water, you know, uh, not more than 15 minutes, not less than five minutes, you know. Ten minutes for me is the best. Okay, and, and you can I, handle and the And I recommend to do this for everybody, you know, because it's really, it's really good for your body, for your mind. When I start doing this, I don't catch any flu, you know, never, when I start doing this. How so cold is the water, though? It's really, it's freezing? <laughs> yeah, it's close to zero, you know, Ugh. really close to zero. <laughs> nah, no, nah, I tried it, I couldn't do it. I did try cryotherapy. I'm sure you've done cryotherapy before. But it's completely different, you know, feeling, you know. Ugh. I prefer ice bathing. It's, uh, I love oh. ice bathing. You know, I don't know, but I feel pleasure. Uh, I do this seven years, but every time when I have to go there, I, I need to make a small fight against me, you know, in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get in. Jan, how does it feel like your first title defense is versus another champion in a different weight class? Coming up from a lighter weight class, coming up to fight you. Does that feel a little disrespectful saying a smaller guy thinks he can come up and take my belt or no? I teach him respect, you know. I will not give it him my belt. <laughs> He's not giving it to him, Jimmy. He's no. not handing that shit over. Yeah. It's amazing that I can fight against, you know, someone of the best in the world, you know. I'm 38, 38 all the years. So I don't have time, you know, to, to easy fights and stuff like this. I want only best fighters in the world. He is one of them. I'm, I'm happy. I can fight against him, but we'll send him back to his division. Send him back to his division. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's good. So you're in, uh, I, I, again, I, I think that you're, uh, and I've said this before, I think you're an underrated fighter. I mean, everybody knows you're the champion, but um, I, I think this is going to be a very difficult fight for Izzy, and I, I love Israel, but uh, you know, I, I think that you're a very dangerous fight for him. Um you know, and I, I don't know. I just think that uh, people underrate you a little bit, and I think that's a terrible mistake. But you know, may, maybe this, this is a mistake, but maybe it's good, you know, because they don't treat me serious. So in the fight, when they, you know, uh, when they are in, with the, in the octagon with me, everything is changed, you know. They start to respect me, but it's too late. 
Yeah, I know it was changed with Dominic Reyes, his nose. Yeah. <laughs> thing was on the side of his face. Uh-huh. Over here. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, that way. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't remember, but something like and, this. <laughs> and, and that Luke Rockhold, I was so impressed with the Luke Rockhold fight because Luke Rockhold was coming out, throwing, like he looked sharp, throwing those high kicks and then really trying to get you to the floor and talk about, people should talk about your grappling, man. Because he wasn't, I mean, he had some, he was really in deep on you a few times and you were just hiking up those underhooks, overhooks, and you were just getting out. And that that stoppage with him was as brutal as, besides the nose being on the other side of his face with Dominic, that stoppage with Luke Rockhold, woo, one separation for an instant. And I believe it was a left hook. Maybe I was wrong. Left oh my goodness. How does, your power... Were you always just blessed with power, or is that years and years on the heavy bag? <laughs> you know, I've got the power, but also I've got a lot of technique, you know. I'm jiu-jitsu black belt, so I know, know how to use uh, jiu-jitsu. I know how to wrestle, you know. Uh, but people think that I've got only power. I've got power, but support with good technique. That's why I'm the champion right now, you know. And also, I think that uh, my head, my mental game is also really strong, you know. A hundred percent. Is it a little frustrating that John Jones left the division or did you kind of want to get your hands on him or or eh, whatever yeah, but, but i stopped thinking about him you know yes. i catch you later i'll told you i'll talk about this many times right now i focus about my division about israel adesanya now he's the you know heavyweight guy's problem you know yeah yeah in future after i don't know maybe two two or three years more in the 205 and then i will go to heavyweight also and maybe i will catch him there no problem and because you're knocking everybody out, not, not, a lot, not a lot of people talk about your grappling. And I was just watching some of your best of. And man, I like the way you strangled. I forgot his name. I, I, up against the cage. Ah, you, you didn't even get your hooks David in. Clark or, or Nikita Krylov? David Clark. Oh, in stand-up? Yes, yeah, standing up. David Clark. Oh, that's right. It was Devin Clark. And Devin Clark's a good grappler. That's his game. That must have felt for that. And that, that looked like... There's, there's smooth rear naked chokes. It looked like you were going to snap his head off. Jimmy, it was brutal. Yeah. And then I saw you on the floor working your jiu-jitsu, uh, looking for a head and arm choke and just smothering this dude. You're very well-rounded, but I think it gets forgotten about the grappling because of your highlights with your knockouts. That's a compliment either way. Maybe because, you know, I only get that my, this is my style of jiu-jitsu. This is not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's Jan Bohovic jiu-jitsu. Different style, you know? <laughs> oh, it's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's Polish jiu-jitsu. Polish jiu-jitsu. Even, I don't think so it's Polish jiu-jitsu. It's Jan Bohovic jiu-jitsu, you know? Yes. <laughs> when, and you're a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, correct? Yes, black belt. Oh, wow. But, you know, MMA is not jiu-jitsu, you know? Uh, it's a completely different fight. You need to use different, you know, moves, different skills. Uh, you don't fight in G, you know, in, 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 in the cage, you know. Yes. So, but uh, I am black belt jiu-jitsu, but I know how to use this jiu-jitsu in MMA, you know. So it's also a little bit, uh, it's a different sport, you know. Man. Because you've got black belt jiu-jitsu who cannot, cannot use uh, jiu-jitsu in MMA, you know. But I know how to use jiu-jitsu in MMA. Has your life changed a lot since winning the belt? Like, how much have things changed for you since you became the champion? Uh, I've got... Uh, in my head, I'm still the same person, you know, but I have got a lot t- more things to do, you know, in the media, TV shows, meetings, stuff like this. Uh, so now is much, much more to do. <laughs> but I like, I don't like to be boring, you know, 
So yeah, life is good right now. Like I like to be the champion, you know. <laughs> yes. better. Hey, you deserve it, man. Yeah, you, you do. Working shit. You know. Thank you. And you like the extra stuff. Like, is it a hassle or are you kind of like, oh, this is what it was like. Uh, do, do you like the extra, even though the extra stuff on media day and all that shit, um, you don't mind it? You know, after, uh, you know, one month, when I go only with one TV show to another, one interview to the another, I was a little bit tired, you know? Yeah. yeah. But right now it's, 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 it's okay. It's not enough. It's, it's enough, not too much, not too, to know, you know, it's okay for me right now so i used to that i think so hey jan let me ask you something unrelated to mma what do you like to do as like a hobby not training wise could be i like bicycles bicycle that's right yeah that's like an active rest though you do that on your day off you just go riding you like do it day off i do not i thought i'm gamer you know pc gamer (sighs) or playstation you're you're you played video games yeah, all the time. <laughs> what do you play? I should now, started with this. Uh, right now, when I'm in Vegas, I play Rasto, Rusto, something like this. It's something like uh, GTA, but in middle age. In, in not middle age, but middle age. Something like this. Is it really? And that's a yeah, PC? Not. Yeah. So now also, I play Cyberpunk, Witcher, you know, yeah. stuff like this. Oh, that's fun. I'm that's- waiting for the Resident Evil 8. But they don't want to put Polish language over there. <laughs> Come uh, on. <laughs> they got to get for the Polish people with that, Jimmy. <laughs> no respect for us. <laughs> so do you, you bring it with you anyway. on the road? You, you bring it with you when you travel? Yeah, I have got my laptop with me, you know. Laptop and a Nintendo Switch. Ah, it's good. Hey, listen, it's good to pass time. You're cutting weight. You're, you're, in your, you're quarantined. You know what I mean? You got to do yeah, something. So I've got, you know, things to do. I don't think only I'll be, I don't watch. And to watch to the stars, stars to the walls, you know. So I've got something to do. Enjoy the, you know, virtual life. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good to keep the balance like that. Yeah. Know? Balance is really important in life with every part of life. Yeah. Well, we'll this, this fight this uh, weekend, people have been waiting a long time for this. Uh, an incredible uh, matchup between you and Israel Adesanya. Um, you know, we really like you a lot, Jan. And, uh, before we let you go, I just got to say right, good luck this this Saturday. I mean, uh, again, it's a tough fight for both of you guys. I think it's a very interesting matchup. I mean, you know how good he is and what a great striker he is, and we all know how what a great striker you are. Um, so this would be a very interesting fight, man. Good luck with it. 100%. I appreciate that. I will try to make my best, and I hope so people will remember this fight for a long time. Yeah, they will. And um, I know Israel wants to win, and I know you want to send him back to middleweight. So we'll see what happens on uh, on Saturday night. Fireworks! Fireworks! <laughs> fireworks! Fireworks! I can't. You, we're watching for sure. Yes. Good luck, buddy. It's good talking to you as always. Yeah, Jan. Thank you, Jimmy. You're a nice this, guy this is too. Be something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's gonna be because so, I'll tell you right now. When I look at him, I'm looking at a guy full of confidence, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just looks like, and he's a total beast. And Israel, that guy's not lacking any confidence. Incredible. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, something's happening. Something, something, I some know. violence happening. You know, it's funny. Like, I never know. Like, I, I mean, I know Adesanya a little better. So I like, you know, I've talked to him more. But just, I think people are sleeping on Jan Blahovich. I, I really do, man. I think people are sleeping on Jan. I'm not saying that he's going to beat Israel. I don't know. But I really, I think that people are 
undervaluing how good he is. I mean, I want to see what Israel could, what he's got to land on him to, to hurt him. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to have to really be some, have some pinpoint accuracy there, but he's that guy to do it. So he is. And can he stay away long enough uh, to prevent Jan for, uh, uh, from getting a hold of him? He said he's not putting on a lot of weight for this fight, which is interesting. I mean, I, I don't see how he cannot be. Um, but he said he's not putting on a tremendous amount of weight. So maybe, hey, maybe he walks around heavy. I don't know. Did, did you see the uh, like the prelims main event with Thiago uh, Moises versus uh, Alexander Hernandez the Great? I did. Yeah, it was yeah, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. What did you I think mean. of the fight? What did you think of the, you think of that decision was just? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Did you did you think now? Are you surprised that there was uh, only one twenty nine twenty eight? What did you think it should have been? I, I I'm gonna watch it again. I thought yeah. Alexander won the fight, but maybe I'm off. I have to watch it again. I don't want to just say that and disrespect anybody. I'm gonna watch that again. Well, there's there two thirty twenty sevens. Is that what you were surprised at too? Like uh, that there's two thirty twenty. It's always weird when you think yeah. a guy wins and then two judges saw it thirty twenty seven. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the odd part. That is very odd for me. Alexis Davis showed her uh, experience in, defe in defeating uh, Sabina Mazzo on the undercard, too. Yep. And that was just, you know, that, that's where experience really comes through. You know, we talked about uh, Alex uh, Caceres. Uh, yeah. very good. We talked about Pedro Munoz and Jimmy. Jimmy uh, Rivera. Uh, you know, we had Montana de La Rosa on. That's right. Majority, and, yeah. And, uh, very interesting. Four. And that was that was some fight. I, yeah. I, I can accept the draw with that. Sure, me too. Me you know, too. She, she's a tough one, Mon, uh, Montana. Both of them. Mara also. Uh, Biono uh, Silva. I mean, tough, tough fight. I was okay with the decision. Me too. I never mind a 29-28, 29-28 majority draw. Like, I, I never mind that because, yeah, it was a really close fight. And uh, and, and, and Mago, Mago made... Uh, uh, Akal Akalov is Akalov, yeah. a stud, man. He's a fucking yep. stud. Yes, I always like, I enjoy watching him fight, and that was definitely a just decision. And uh, yeah, Mohamed's a beast. I enjoy yeah. watching him. You know, I yeah. like his style. It was a good fight, though. It was a close fight. It wasn't. It wasn't a beating by any stretch. It was. It was definitely no, a twenty nine no, twenty eight fight. Nikita was in there. He was yeah. in that fight, but uh, Mohamed was not going to be denied, man. You know. And then we obviously talked about the uh, the main, but hey, those guys will come back. Let me ask you this, Matt. Yeah, Jimmy, fighter, what is when, it? When I see a guy, again, Rosenstrike, and, he, and he's a dangerous fighter, but this is five rounds in a row that he had a tough time with. You look at the Overeem fight, it was four out of five rounds, and like the last, again, it only takes one punch and all, all matters is you win, but that was a tough five rounds for him. You look at the Nganu fight, and yes, he did beat JDS, but there's something that's... Uh, I, I'm surprised he didn't show a little more urgency. And I know he's being careful, but maybe as a fighter, whenever I see guys just doing this thing where they're like, like doing a lot of measuring with that lead, it's almost like they're trying to get themselves moving um, because it's not like really measuring. They're not even throwing out far enough to, to measure the punch. I really don't know what that is. Um, how, how would you read that as a fighter? With somebody's out of range doing something. No, no, no. When a guy is just kind of like throwing those little short, like, like like pumping, 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 but not necessarily throwing anything. Like not even doing it out of range, kind of like yeah, 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 yeah. Just like that whole like how um Macy Barber was doing that a little bit, like out of range in her last fight, and then I mean sometimes you're just giving them something to look at, and then yeah. you know I mean it depends on like really the circumstance. 
You know, they're doing it as a, sometimes they could be pouring out with that jab as a measuring, you know, right. a measuring stick, see how close they are. And next thing you know, they, they do like a half jab and they, then they do a full extended jab and it hurts you, you know? So there's different, there's different thoughts on that. But uh, I'll tell you, this card this weekend is, is fucking packed. Amazing. Amazing card. I mean, when Dominic Cruz is on the, on the prelims, I mean, this is just a great card. And I'm, Deco Santos, Alexander Rachik, uh, Rakic, sorry, man, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, Rakic against uh, Santos, I'm really looking forward to as much as any of the other fights. <sighs> Shit, Jimmy. Listen, there's nothing else to say than we're excited and we're going to talk in a few days. Well, a couple of days. What do you want to plug, my friend? Jim and Sam on Sirius, and Matt Ooh. is a big Chip fan. You can go to Chip Chipperson on YouTube and get the new one. You got to come on the show. Chip's been asking for you. We'd love to oh, have you. I'm going to jump on that show with you and Sam Roberts anytime. Listen to me, and I, okay. I'm happy that Chip is taking off. Because yeah. that's I, anything that helps you makes me happy. Doesn't help uh, me. He Chip Jimmy, hates me. Who hates you? Chip hates me. You kind of hate yourself then. But listen, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, I love you. That's all I know. I love you too. And uh, I appreciate you uh, talking to me the other day. We had a nice little chat off there. Sure. I can say that. Of course. You're one of my closest <laughs> friends. You're happy? You're my shrink now? Uh, well, you know, I need one too. So it's all right. We're both nuts. <laughs> Good. I don't got to pay nobody. Uh, listen, I'm on Cameo, Matt Sarah. Yeah. I'm on Instagram, Matt Sarah BJJ. If you're ever in Huntington, Long Island, bring a mask, stop by Huntington BJJ, and I'll show you around. Right. Okay. What yeah. do you want to plug? Anything else? No, Anything that's all, buddy. I will talk to you in a couple of days. Jimmy, I'll talk to you then. Thank Such you, Gary. Story. Thank you, Jan Blahovic. And thank you, uh, Joseph Benavitez. Really great guests. Thank you guys very much. And thank you, Unfiltered Army. We appreciate your support. We do. Should I left that out? Is that a little? No, it's perfect. It's already out there. It's out there. Bye, Jimmy. Bye, Matt. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.